84-year-old Thai immigrant died after being violently shoved to the ground during his morning walk in San Francisco. A 61-year-old Filipino-American was slashed from ear to ear with a box cutter while he was riding the New York City subway. An 89-year-old Chinese woman was slapped and then set on fire in Brooklyn. Eight people, many of whom were women of Asian descent, were killed in a shooting rampage across three Asian spas in Atlanta. These are just a few examples of recent violent attacks on Asian Americans. Advocates and activists say these are hate crimes, often linked to rhetoric that blames Asian people for starting the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of the victims targeted are elderly Asians who are powerless against their attackers. Among the many voices clamoring to spread awareness to this issue was Manny Pacquiao, who took to social media and issued a challenge to the cowardly aggressors, saying, Stop attacking Asians who can't defend themselves. Fight me instead. Somewhere in San Diego, California, a Filipino-American has the same idea and gets the opportunity to do exactly that, but on film. Welcome to the 44th episode of Banana Q Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Chris Soriano, a filmmaker and actor who is the co-founder of Dynasty Boys, a movie production company dedicated to sharing the stories of empowering minorities across America. When his company reached out to us to let us know that he was available to talk about his latest movie project, I immediately grabbed the opportunity to have a call. Hey, thank you so much for having me. How are things over there? Right now, you're in San Diego, right? Yes, uh, in uh, sunny San Diego, where it's always a uh, paradise, as they say. Why, what <laughs> do you mean by paradox? Uh, oh, paradise, rather. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The weather's so beautiful. It, it could be a paradox, too. <laughs> Chris actually said paradise the first time. I just have hearing problems. Could you just give us a brief background about you, like, uh, I know right now you're in U.S., but you're Filipino. How did you end up there? Yes, uh, I ended up here because my parents, they immigrated from the Philippines to uh, San Diego. Uh, my mother was a nurse and my dad was in the Navy. Seems like every Philam story here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I you know, was born here and I spent my life always fascinated with movies. And my parents would always take me to the films, the movies, the cinema. At an early age, it was always a uh, I wish I could be in there. I wish I could make a film. And and that was the beginning. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's good that you actually managed to achieve that dream, right? Because as I remember, Jokoy, if you know him, right? He's a comedian, a Filipino yes. comedian based in the U.S. He mentioned that usually Filipino parents shit on their kids' dreams. Like, yes. you should be a nurse. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you know what's funny? I my, my, We'll get to that. But uh-huh. my mom always be a nurse and I became a certified nursing assistant so I actually oh. did that route yes, yes. uh-huh okay that's interesting so yeah why don't you walk us through that how did you actually end up becoming a writer slash director slash actor then 
Yes. Oh, the story behind me getting all those titles. I know they sound fancy, but <laughs> in the middle of all those titles, there's also executive janitor. I had to clean up oh. the craft services. I have to make lunch. So, you know, there's so many titles. But I think when you're a filmmaker, the gist is you have to do everything to make your vision a reality. Mm -hmm. And I never directed a movie before. This is the first time I'm, I, I got to assemble everything together. Mm -hmm. And it happened because I saw all those hate crimes happening. And I'm sure you saw it on the news too, right? Yes. It was so shocking to see an old lady get punched. I mean, that could have been our Lola, you know? And it was like a lot of them were also Filipinos, you know, that were being victimized. So... Uh, we were just bunched all in this category of if you're Asian, you're old, you might be a target. And I said, instead of these people beating up the old people, what would happen if they beat up a boxer? <laughs> and then I started to write that idea down. Oh. And that's what became the idea Zeus. Oh, I see. Okay, that's interesting. So actually, when you wrote this, it was just recent then, right? Because this hate crimes just happened in the past year during pandemic. Yes, very recent. We just started this this year and we were able to make this movie in 90 days. For an independent film, it typically takes about three to six months for pre-production, one to two months for principal photography, and then six months to a year for post-production. Zeus's 90 days is therefore amazingly quick. Uh, why don't you walk us through the process, maybe? Sure. Because you have three roles in this. So first, you wrote it down. So you were the scriptwriter. Yes, I, I wrote it in about seven days um, because I was inspired. I know that might seem fast, but what's even <laughs> faster is uh, Sylvester Stallone when he wrote Rocky. They said it, he wrote it in one night. So I said, Ooh. okay, you know, there might be hope there. Later, I read that he did a lot of rewriting and so on and so forth. But with me, I felt more pulled by the mission because I said, whoa, this is a story that needs to be told if people don't see these hate crimes. Because I, I would sparingly see it on the news in February of this year. But now we see it in the news all the time. But at that time, I was just it, something pulled me to write the story late at night. I, I just nonstop writing this story. And then after seven days, I had a script. And then I spoke to my fiance, uh, Hillary, and I said, do you think we can make this into a movie? You know, and she supported me. She said, you know, you're working several jobs. You're going to have to drop everything. You know, I was working at a sandwich shop. I was parking cars. I was living in L.A., living the, the, the really hard life just to, to chase your dreams. Eventually, it, you know, she believed in me and I prayed about it and we just hit the ground running and we said, we're going to make this a movie. Oh, wow. Okay. So what was the next step after that? The next step was if we're going to really get serious about this, we're going to need to bring together people that really know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So I needed to assemble my cinematographer, my gaffers, the lighting people, you know, they, I had to assemble a village of 30 to 50 people to say, if we want to make a movie, we're going to need to test ourselves. And in a pandemic, when nobody was making movies, because of COVID, yeah. I found people that were unemployed. And I said, you know, if, if you want, we could continue to just be unemployed here, or we can do something about this and make a movie. And so they all took a leap of faith with me. And we just said, let's do it. And, and thank God nobody got COVID and everybody was healthy. I'm sure you took precautions, right? Otherwise, um, it's not going to work. Yes, <laughs> yes. it, it would have been uh, really bad. I'd been on the news for something else if that happened. But thank God everybody's okay. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> 
And so, um, I know that this movie is produced by Manny Pacquiao, right? The greatest boxer in Philippine history, I guess. Yes. Just in case you have no idea who Manny Pacquiao is, which seems impossible, but just covering all our bases here, let me tell you about him. He's a Filipino professional boxer who is regarded as one of the greatest professional boxers of all time. He is the only 8th division world champion in the history of boxing and has won 12 major world titles. He was the first boxer to win the lineal championship in 5 different weight classes, the first boxer to win major world titles in 4 of the 8 glamour divisions, and is the only boxer to hold world championships across 4 decades. So how did that happen? Yes, I reached out after we finished the film, you know, after writing it, assembling the village, we shot it in 21 days, we planned for 30 days, we filmed for 21 days, and then we edited for another 37 days or so. So in total, it was 90. And right at the end of that, I said, you know, the world doesn't know who we are. We're independent actors, we're independent artists. And in order for us to succeed and get this message across, it's about a Filipino-American boxer, and who's the best Filipino boxer in the world? Manny. <laughs> you know, and of course, my team would be like, you know, it's a long shot. I don't think Manny would ever respond to you. I mean, he's the best eight-division world champion, you know? And I said, you know, we got to have faith, guys. You know, maybe maybe he just might. And so I emailed them. I just Googled the email. I found, like, a connection, and I shared with them my story, why we did this. And around that time, Manny did a post, fight me instead. I'm tired of these people beating up old Asian elderly. Fight him if you want to pick on someone your own size. And so our visions aligned perfectly. And he was like, he was ecstatic. He was excited. And he was happy to executive produce our film and get behind us. Oh, that's great. What does it actually mean when someone is an executive producer? Can you explain, please? <laughs> yes, it's the highest form of producing in the film rule book or guidelines. They are the ones that are willing to put their name on this film to share it with the world. Because if we just release this film, people would probably see it and go, Chris Soriano, who's that? Yeah. But if they saw Manny Pacquiao at the box office, they're like, oh my God, that's I didn't even know he's making movies. Yeah. And then they're more willing to support our mission that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if it's an indie film, usually people are not gonna even give it time. Like, who's yeah. this guy? Who are these people? I don't even know them. But right. <laughs> if you attach a big name like Manny's into your film, and it's relevant, right? It's not like you're just making a rom-com and Manny produces it like who cares but it's related he's a boxer and the movie is about a boxer then it makes sense people would probably be more interested in it so you're planning to release this worldwide yes we're planning to release it worldwide through Manny's large network of all the people that he knows and all his friends supporting you know we really want people to hear this message because there's a unique ending to this film mm -hmm. our main character experiences hate crimes he even gets attacked and so how do we respond to that what do we do so those are the type of questions and i wanted to put the audience in the perspective of our main character how to deal with racism you know what's what's the right way or what's the wrong way could you actually tell the listeners what the movie is about i mean you've given a gist why should they tune in what is the story yes this film starts off with a a Filipino, ordinary, aspiring boxer who sees this old man in the park one day getting a hand sanitizer sprayed on him, being bullied. And the time is now in the pandemic. And so instead of choosing to ignore it, he decides to, you know, step in and say, hey, hey, you know, leave this old man alone. 
And pretty soon there's an altercation. They get in the fight. And obviously, if you pick a fight with a boxer, you're most likely going to lose. So they get in a fight and somebody captures that on social media. And that video starts to go viral. Meanwhile, the middleweight champion of the world loses his mom to COVID. So he has this angst or, or, or rather this disdain or this anger toward Asian Americans. He's trying to find out, you know, what is happening? Where did COVID come from? And he needs to pick someone to blame. And he sees this video of, of our main actor, Zeus, fighting some innocent guy in the park. So he says, you know, are, are Asians to blame? Who's to blame? And he says, I'm going to challenge that guy Zeus in the ring and make an example of him. And so that's the plot. And our main character, Zeus, needs to find a mentor. And so he finds this guy from the streets of L.A. named Coach Green, a black American, tough fighter. And now we have Asian Americans and black Americans working together to try to fight in the ring. So there's a lot of unique themes here. And I'm not going to tell you who wins in the end, but yeah, of course, um, that's please don't. Of the plot. I mean, that's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. And you are the main character as well, right? That is why you're the actor. Yes, I, um, it was a twofold decision. One, it would have been great to act in this because I couldn't find too many other Filipino Americans that are in Hollywood, you know, that are trying to be boxers, you know. So I said, I, I can do this. I can learn it. And number two, it saves us a lot of money. If, if I'm the actor and I'm the director, I'm the writer, then there we go. We, we save all the money there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But how difficult is it to direct yourself, though? How does that work? Very great question. It, it is it's very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I didn't realize that until I actually was like, okay, that take is good. And they're like, uh, I don't know, Chris, you're going to have to look behind the camera. So there was a lot of me acting and then running behind the camera to see the shot. But there was a point where I just had to trust my director of photography and say, you know, if you believe it's good, let's keep moving because we'll be behind time if I keep going behind that camera. So it was a lot of trust, a lot of faith. And also um, a lot of learning. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, directing itself seems like a difficult job. And if you have to direct yourself. But it's amazing, though, when, when people do that. Like, I can think of one example. Bradley Cooper, he directed himself in that yes. movie uh, with um, Lady Gaga, right? And it was amazing. As you said, there's trust in your... Uh, there's another guy called Director of Photography. What does that person do usually? Yes. Why is it photography? Oh, yeah. The director of photography or DP for short is in charge of being able to capture the vision that the director sees. And the director can't be doing so many roles. Well, in my case, I guess it's the exception. But the director <laughs> of photography is right behind that lens, capturing every essence of the right scene, making sure the lighting is just right. He's an extension of me. So that we can, um, because there's a lot of knowledge that I don't know behind the camera. He knows the specifics from the right lens to the right timing of day. So they're very detail-oriented, if you will. Before this, you said you had never done all three together. But did you do bits and pieces before this? Like, did you write a script before? Did you act before? Like, what was your experience prior to this? Tell us about interesting stories you had before this, if you have any. Yes, I do. I, I had... Like any aspiring artist, you know, there's always the trial. Can I do this? And when I graduated high school, my first mission was to become a film director. I told that to my, my mother and father. I said, I want to be a film director. And my mom's like, no, you're going to be a nurse. <laughs> and so I was like, what? You know, like, mom, I can't, I, I don't want to be a nurse. And so she really, no, you got to survive, Anak. You have to yeah. survive, <laughs> you know, everything, you know, you know, the moms, they take you into that corner. Yes. And they give you the lecture. 
I got the lecture for many, many years because I did not want to give in. That's pretty much what kind of dissuaded me. But I said, I'm still going to make short films while pursuing the nursing track. Mm -hmm. And I decided, let me support my mom. Let me be a CNA. And so I would feed elderly patients at a nursing home. I would give them showers. I would clean them. And then in the back of my mind, I always think it would be so cool to make a movie about this. You know, and I'd go throughout life. I'd meet the perfect girl. And then I'd be like, well, it'd be great to direct a movie about. I'd always just keep thinking to myself, when can I ever do that? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm 32 now. And this was like all these years, I never got to do it. And so in this pandemic, the most awkward time to do something was when I had the courage to go, let's try it. You know, I guess the truth is there's never a perfect time. It's more so when do you have the courage to go after what you believe in? And that's kind of what happened. And like you said, it's about timing and it's about just trying because you, you don't know what will work. Mm-hmm. Everybody was saying, of course, Manny Pacquiao is not going to talk to you. Like, who are you? But it worked. You actually got his attention. So yes. people just need <laughs> to take that step. There is no harm in trying. Yes, there's no. You got nothing to lose. Yeah, if, if he says no or if he ignores you, then so what? It's not like you're gonna lose something because of that. Exactly. He's really somebody of his caliber. Uh, you wouldn't expect him to just talk to anybody. Yeah. But you managed to get his attention because you had the right project that aligned with his beliefs. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, and I think it's a really good belief, something to fight for, which is attention, as you said, on this Asian hate crime that is happening in the U.S. Yes, I have read about this in the news. And I think a lot of Asians have been trying to have um, attention given to this. And it's good that you're one of those people. I've seen those videos on YouTube, for example. Like, yeah, I think the Wong Fu Productions, they came up with a video putting together like all the Asian YouTubers and what they think of this. So I really hope that the message comes across in your movie and that that a lot of people actually go out to watch. And so our listeners, if you are tuning in to this one, please give it a go. Do you have an official website where the people can go? Yes, you could go to ZeusTheMovie.com and it'll show there all the distribution networks will have it on. And it will premiere on August 13th. Mm, great. Also, if you don't want to go to that website, you can just go to Manny Pacquiao's Facebook page. He actually yes. posted it there himself, right? So, yes. Yeah, so please look for the trailer and then support our Kapwa Filipino. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Chris, for coming on here. Thank you for answering my questions. And I really hope success for your movie. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate this uh, blessing. Thank you. If you like this episode, you might also like episode 26. What challenges do women face and how can we fight them? And if you have anything to say to Chris or maybe to Manny Pacquiao, leave a comment on our social media post about this episode. Thanks again for listening.